Apple told me I might trip up here, so <laughs> I'm trying to be careful. You can be seated for a moment. We want to welcome Evangelist Terry and Cynthia Davis with us today. It's a pleasure to have them here today. And Brother Davis and Cynthia will be preaching today and also again tonight at 6. So if you did not invite someone this morning, invite someone tonight to that service. And um, it's good to have you both here with us. Um, we want to recognize Pastor Logan and Pastor Brian for officially receiving their ordained minister's licenses at camp meetings. So we could... <laughs> We're super proud of both of them and also Sean and I was going to call Kira, Kiera, because uh, the um, uh, bishop kept calling her Kiera. So um, Kira and Sean, we're proud of all four of you both. And then this week it is Jenny's birthday on the 26th, which is tomorrow. tomorrow. Happy birthday, Jenny. Um, we will not have adult or teen Wednesday night studies this week. Um, well, we won't be here, but Miss Apple graciously um, is going to do the kids. And so um, we will have that. We will still have dinner for them. So 6.30 for dinner, 7 o'clock for the lesson. So send your kids or um, spread the word that the kids will still have Bible study this week. And then um, if you'd like to give to the radio fund, um, make sure to mark your check radio or talk to Lois about that. Um, Pastor Justin and I um, and the kids, we're going to be heading to Montana this week to help with the NCR Montana Youth Camp this week. Say extra prayers for us because we're already tired from camp meeting and then we have a whole week of youth camp. Um, they have me running the kitchen and I'm already pretty nervous about that. So if you need anything from us, we have our cell phones. Feel free to get a hold of us. Um, but say prayers for Traveling Mercies and that camp goes well this week. Um, men's breakfast this Saturday at the Country Kettle, 9 a.m. in the back room. All men are welcome to that. If you did not receive a book, see Pastor Justin and he'll get you one. Um, the Ministerial Association they do a community worship gathering every year. And so the one this year is going to be July 16th, 10.30 at the Beulah High School. And they've asked Logan to preach at this one. So we need to make sure to be there and support him for that. So plan on attending that service because there will not be service here that day. Um, and then Pastor Justin put out new calendars for July out in the foyer. Make sure to grab one of those before you leave today. And then... Um, we're going to do offering now, but we are going to do a separate offering at the end of the service for our evangelist. So if you have something for him, save it till the end of the service, and this will be our regular tithes and offering. Well, isn't God good? Let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I come with some energy today. I hope you did likewise. Told folks, if it's going to be dead, let's put it in the cemetery. Let's get it out of the church. We're just delighted to be here. My name is Terry Davis. My wife, Cynthia. Uh, we're so excited. March, we just celebrated 50 years of marriage. Isn't that wonderful? She put up with me all these 50 plus years. And uh, we are missionary evangelists from Florida. I don't know how many people says, uh, one campground says, where are you from? Your accent. And I wanted to say, where are you from? Your accent. But nonetheless, um, we retired in uh, August of 22 and uh, started full-time evangelistic work. And we begin to ask ourselves, what does God want us to do? And he spoke into our spirits to start working out west. We did this once before for about four and a half years, but this is going to be our full-time ministry now. And um, so we begin to ask God to give us a strategy of how to help and bless pastors and churches out west. So the west has now become my harvest field. And we're just overwhelmed with what the Lord is doing through us and for us. And uh, we had the privilege to be at the uh, NCR camp meeting. And we was enriched and encouraged. Uh, 
And uh, so now we're here, and we're going to be going into Montana to Big Timber, and we've got about four or five churches uh, in uh, Montana that we'll be going to. And so it's what we're actually doing uh, for about 12 weeks before I hit the evangelistic trail, we begin to start raising monies for our pastors and our small churches out here. And uh, God gave us favor. We've raised approximately 20 plus thousand dollars. And we put that into a, a uh, fund that's just strictly for home missions. Nothing for us. And uh, then we uh, opened up an Indian reservation account. So we've raised monies for that. And I uh, got to meet a pastor in uh, Standing Rock. Uh, I, the name escapes me, but I introduced myself. And, and we're going to sow into his ministry and his uh, reservation. And that's what we're about. We're not here to <clears throat> get. We're here to give. And uh, the only thing that we have in the back is a display table. And uh, our display table uh, is something that helps us with our fuel expense from church to church. And uh, the last church we was at, we didn't receive an offering. They received an offering, but we didn't take the offering. Uh, we wanted to help that small struggling church, and we just let them take that. But we sowed into the pastor and the church. And that's what we're about. We're just out sowing seed. That's the name of our ministry, Sowers of the Harvest Ministries. And um, the Lord spoke into my spirit and said, that's not only a name. I want you to fulfill that name by sowing seed. And uh, God has given us uh, his blessings upon everything that we're doing. And uh, we're out here today to minister to you folks. I never did ask for an offering. Uh, they said they're going to do it after church, and that's fine. But I never go to a church and ask for anything. And uh, we're just here to bless. And I hope that we can fulfill that assignment and bless you folks. Now, I think it would be unfair if I don't say something real quickly about this church and the uh, folks that are involved. I uh, got to go, like I said, to the camp meeting and uh, your pastor's name was mentioned on different occasions and then I seen these couples that was on the platform and and uh, they were being recognized. So I believe Beulah Church of God has a strong mark here in this uh, area and uh, throughout your region. And I just commend you for that. And you may not realize what y'all really have here because churches that we're going to runs 12, 15, 18. And, uh, but to see the, uh, your pastor and the caliber of people you have that are being involved in ministry and then uh, Rex's name was mentioned I don't know several times uh, being a part of the uh, teen talent and uh, I didn't even know Rex attended here where's Rex at there you <laughs> and I didn't know you attended him you walked out I said, oh there's Rex I got to meet him and uh, he they just say and Rex and Rex he'd stand up and wave at everybody but uh, y'all folks are blessed for those that are not on the staff end of it and you just attend this church, you are blessed folks to have a pastor and wife like you do and, and uh, the commitment they've made now going to youth camps. I served on the youth board for a number of years and I know the task. It is wears you out. And I'm sure they're not jumping up and down, yippee, I get to go to youth camp. Is all Sister uh, uh, Jessica can think is, uh, oh, God, the weight that you camp and that, that fixing the food. and and um, But we're going to be there to help you out. We're leaving here in the morning, and we're going to be with a pastor and wife, and we're going to help them on the grounds and uh, be a backup. So that's what we're here to do is to serve. We love you. Thank you for the opportunity, Pastor, to come. And um, so I want to... Uh, ask you just to participate in the service today. We'll be using an illustration that I think it's something you remember. I use a lot of illustrations, and the reason I do, the Lord, number one, gives it to me, but uh, people remember more of what they see than what they hear. And uh, so you'll, you'll see our illustration today. And then tonight, uh, do I understand y'all don't usually have a Sunday night service? 
Okay, so tonight's going to be an exception. So what I'm looking at now, and I hope that same group will come tonight because you don't want to miss tonight. I will be doing an optical illusion of Jesus on the screen. And we're going to test your skills <clears throat> and see if you can see Jesus in this optical illusion tonight. And um, so that's what it goes right along with my message, faithful and focused. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to stay focused. And uh, I believe this is going to help us. It's going to bless you. And it'll be something, again, that you will remember. So 6 o'clock, did y'all determine it is at 6? And um, I, I promise I'll be here if the Lord don't come, if you'll be here. But if the Lord comes, I'll let y'all run the service. I'm going to be gone. Amen. But Sister Davis is going to bless us in a couple of songs today. And uh, if you'd like to just stand and worship, that's up to you. If you enjoy the service, enjoy the music. She's got some CDs on the table. And that's just strictly for our fuel expenses. We travel. God has provided means in other areas to help us stay on the road and bless ministers and churches. So you worship with Sister Davis as she sings for us this morning. Brother Justin, can you help me on this first song, playing the drums? Help her on the first song. Come on. How many here this morning that you have your mind made up? Yeah, I am going to see Got the Lord. Got my mind made up. Well, here I stand at the foot of this old mountain. Well, I can't even see the top in view. Oh, I don't know how long it's going to take to climb. But I've got all my faith, dear Lord, in you. Because I've made up my mind, I'm going to make it. Oh, I don't care if this valley's deep and wide. I don't care if this mountain that I'm about to climb reaches all the way up to the sky. Because I've made up my mind, I'm going to make it. I don't care if this valley's deep and wide. I don't care if this mountain that I'm about to climb reaches all the way up to the sky. Well, many times I've been blinded by my teardrops. And I've often let my troubles get me down. But I am more determined than I've ever been to make it. And I won't let anything stop me now. Because I've made up my mind I'm going to make it. I don't care if this valley's deep and wide. I don't care if this mountain that I'm about to climb reaches all the way up to the sky. Well, many times I've been blinded by my teardrops And I've often let my troubles get me down But I am more determined than I've ever been to make And I won't let anything stop me now Because I've made up my mind I'm gonna make it And I don't care if this valley's deep and wide I don't care if this mountain that I'm about to climb reaches all the way up to the sky. Amen. You guys, this weather's a little drier than where I'm from. So I have to have a little help sometime. You can have a seat if you like. This song here has ministered to me so, so many times. I hope it'll minister to you this morning.
came to church with what burden it may be what concern it may be we're going to believe that you're not going to leave here the same way you came in the name of Jesus passage of scriptures found in Mark chapter 5 would you stand with me for the reading of the word today Mark chapter 5 verse number 27 I don't have a new gospel. It's still the same gospel. And this gospel still works today. If you'll let him work. Mark chapter 5 verse 27. When she heard. Stories talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And when she heard of Jesus. Came in the press. Behind and touched his garment. Somebody just needs to touch Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we're depending upon you. Hide me behind the cross. I don't want anybody to see me, but I want them to see the Jesus in me. I pray every man, woman, boy, and girl, Lord, that they'll be attentive to your word and be a recipient of your word and receive your word. They're not going to leave here the same way they came. They may have a heavy burden. They may be facing a trial or temptation. But God, at the end of this service, we're going to believe victory is going to be claimed. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people shout, Amen. God bless you as you're seated once again in the presence of the Lord. Have a very unique theme today. And I hope it will be catchy for you. Your blessing is in the pressing. Your blessing is in the pressing. 
So we do unfold a story today of a woman that has exhausted every possible avenue of hope. Has anybody ever been in that area? You felt like you've tried everything there was to try and it seemed like there was no hope. But listen today, uh, Jesus wants to heal uh, any brokenness in this house. And in this story, we're going to find what Jesus did for the woman with the issue of blood. In the story, we've seen the woman that she is uh, doing everything she can, but it seemed like the harder she tried, the worse things got. Anybody ever been there? It seemed like, Lord, I'm just crying out to you. Do you hear me? I'm praying and I'm asking you to help me, but it seemed like things got worse. <clears throat> but in the story, it is not over until it's over. God will have the last say in this message today. The diagnosis of a doctor has a way, listen to me, the diagnosis of a doctor have a way of, of taking a toll on you. Have you ever went to the doctor and you got a bad report? Nobody? Well, I have. I've been to the doctor and they said, it don't look good. It uh, looks like you've got this problem and that problem. And, and I've often said, I'd like to get a second opinion. And so many times uh, those things may happen, but you feel like that life has taken such a toll on you that uh, it, uh, it seems like there's no way out. And this is exactly where the woman with the issue of blood was. She began to feel like a, a, a life was gradually leaving her body. I won't ever forget there's moments in my life that I would have a element or a pain or some situation. And I said, Lord, this is the new one. Well, I guess I'm learning as I get older, I have new elements or situations. And as we all get older, somebody said, what is golden about getting old? And I've often uh, thought about that statement and I haven't really found it yet uh, other than God has just been gracious and good to us. Uh, but now we're seeing this woman that is majorly struggling and she has reached every conceivable of means of life. You've got to remember this woman now has uh, had a blood disorder and she has hemorrhaged uh, for 12 long years. Now it's one thing to have a physical problem for a few days or a few months or maybe a few years, but don't you understand 12 long years this woman has been suffering. Has anybody here today ever had a condition or a situation in your life it was continuously being overwhelming? Thank you, Seth. It is continuously being overwhelming. But I've come to, hey, I've come to tell somebody your situation that you're facing, it is just about over. It's about to run its course and that's what happens with a woman with the issue of the blood. Now when you look at the term 12, 12 means perfection. And now you may not have realized that when you think about the 12 tribes. When you think about the 12 disciples, Jesus handpicked them. They were men chosen at perfection. Jesus at the age of 12 was in the temple speaking and preaching. So look at the perfection in the word 12 or number 12. What about Jairus' daughter? At the age of 12, she is just about to die. But listen, God came on the 
seen. So 12 represents perfection. And this anemic woman, issue of blood, she become weak and she became wearied of being in her condition. Have you ever had a condition in your life that you just said, Lord, it's wearing me out. Lord, I am exhausted from this. I need some relief. Jesus, hallelujah, I believe wants to give some relief to somebody today throughout his word. Do you believe Jesus can do that for us today? He cannot do anything. So, we continue to look at the situation. You know what this widow, this woman with issue of blood said? I am going to do something about it. We can wallow in our condition. We can say, poor old me, and nobody understands if we want. Or we can do something about it. What is your pleasure? Do you want to get rid of that element? Do you want to get rid of that situation, that problem that's overwhelming you? But the woman now said, I'm going to do something about it. She got tired of the doctors misdiagnosing her. But I come to ask somebody today, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the doctor's report? Are you going to believe what thus saith the Lord, that by his strife, so we can be healed. We've been praying for your pastor's father, Pastor Ron. And I know God sees words he's at. He knows what he's going through. But in God's timing, I'm telling you, God's going to do something miraculous in ways that we cannot even fathom. But we're just believing God to minister healing to Brother Ron. But here the woman with the issue of blood, she was tired of being misdiagnosed and second of all she was tired of the doctors taking all of her money you know what I come to the conclusion to believe I believe that these doctors recommend other doctors and that doctor recommends another doctor and we pat all their pockets that's my own opinion we need to get another doctor to check you out why you're here well, but he, he worked specifically on that area. And then the third one said, we get another doctor and he can, I said, well, I've already got two. Why do I need three? Well, he, he had a little more professional advice on this one. And before you know it, you're getting bills from 10 or 12 doctors. Anybody ever experienced that? I'm telling you, it's a mess. And so I believe that they help one another to, to get recognition, to get their name out there, and, and we're the ones doing it. But this woman with the issue of blood, she got sick and tired of her money's being taken from her. She couldn't hardly provide for herself. So now something happens. Financial stress sets in. Have you ever had that a moment that the, uh, it seems like the uh, bills uh, lasted longer than the money at the end of the month? It seems like when the end of the month come, you had more bills than you have money? Sound like I know what I'm talking about. Looks like some of y'all been there too. I just don't know what I'm going to do. So now financial stress has uh, taken a toll upon this woman uh, with the issue of blood. But I am so glad today that we have a solution. We have a solution today and his name is Jesus. See, this uh, financial ruin uh, affected this woman in such a way uh, it isolated her. Listen to this. Uh, whenever you have uh, uh, a sickness of this condition, uh, the men of leprosy, when they had a condition, they were put out of the city. They were also isolated from their own families. Now, what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you this tonight, today, that this woman, she was dealing with all kinds of things in her life and had taken a toll on her body. But now when she was isolated from her own family, this was a new emotional suffering. Can you imagine 
getting uh, some kind of possibly AIDS, for example, or maybe other chronic ailments. And they said, you can't be around your family for the next two weeks. So this is where this woman's not only had the 12 years of suffering from the blood disorder, now she has uh, been uh, disconnected from her own family. So this woman is full of emotions and don't know what I'm going to do. But all of a sudden, she heard about a man called Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. She heard of a man called Jesus. I'm going to tell you, my brother and sister, when Jesus shows up, something's going to happen. Amen. When Jesus shows up, something is going to happen. The Bible teaches us, and I want to paraphrase some points today. She no doubt heard that Jesus was outside, and she looked out of her window and saw a crowd of people. Now, I don't know about y'all. I get inquisitive. If I uh, uh, come upon a scene and I see a bunch of people, uh, you know what I want to do? I want to go up there and look with the crowd and see what's going on. See, I get accused of, here's a good example that come to my mind just now. We come up on a tragic accident. And I had to stay pretty far back because the police had people stop from driving across the line where the accident was. But I was curious, more so prayerful, thanking, asking God, please don't let it be tragic or a dead, death in the accident. And, and uh, my wife, when I got out of the car, she'd say, honey, you don't need to be going up there. You, don't, you, you can't do nothing. You don't need. And I said, well, I'm going anyway. But guess what? When I got back to the car, you know what my wife says? What'd you find out? <laughs> it shouldn't matter to you. You told me not to go up there. But I gave you this point to tell you this. Whenever you get a crowd of folks, your curiosity stirs up and you want to kind of walk up to the crowd and see what's going on. And the woman with the issue of blood... Uh, she felt the same way. She had heard that Jesus was coming to town, not knowing for certain if that was Jesus. But in my story, I say she looks out a window and she sees Jesus coming down the street. She begins to think in her mind, I've been told and I've seen people healed and I heard that Jesus was the healer. And all of a sudden, she comes out of the house. Now, there's a key point here that I'll bring and I'll drive home to you today. She comes out of the house. The Bible said in Mark chapter 5 and verse 28. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And so I have asked the pastor to select a group of people and make me a crowd. So would you do that? Rex, you're going to be Jesus. You're going to come stand up here. And I want the crowd gather around behind. You're all going to face the congregation. Rex is going to play Jesus. You get in front of him. The crowd's going to get in behind you. Rex is going to raise your hand like you're Jesus. Now the crowd is gathered around. I'm going to be the woman with the issue of blood. Now they're laying hands on Jesus. Y'all are touching Jesus and Jesus is ministering to you all. But now listen, folks. I'm the widow woman. I've left, been left out. I can't seem to get to Jesus. And I'm just, hey, I want to touch Jesus. If I could, oh, I just want to touch Jesus. And finally I press my way through and I touch the, <laughs> I touch the hem of his garment to 
And let me tell you, brother and sister, when you touch Jesus, you're going to feel miraculous touch of the Master's hand. Thank all of you. Whenever you touch Jesus, you're going to feel a miraculous touch of the Master's hand. But let me tell you, there's a process here. That means you've got to press your way through. But here's what happens. In the end result in Mark chapter 5, verse 29. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was what? Say it again. Dried up. Oh, hallelujah. Can you see what happened when you touched Jesus? Her blood was dried up and she felt her body that it was healed of that plague. My next point is this. The enemy is trying his best to put plagues on God's people. What is a plague, preacher? A plague is something that torments you. Anybody here ever suffered a migraine headache? You know what it feels like. Anybody ever suffered blood pressure problems? What about anybody ever suffered of being a diabetic? Got numerous people that have suffered some of these things that I'm talking about. And we call those plagues. Those are things that torment us. But I believe God gave his son, in fact, I know God gave his son Jesus to die on the cross and bear the stripes upon his back for our healing. And that's exactly what the woman said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, we're gonna curse plagues. We're going to curse the attacks of the enemy that is coming upon you. But it requires us to do something. And verse 31 said that the plague or the multitude were thronging a hymn. And I looked up that word thronging. Now stay with me. I looked up that word thronging and it was a pressing through. A pressing through. And when I looked up the word press, it meant a steady pushing force to be persistent. Do you know if we was persistent about touching Jesus as we are as persistent about doing things in life? Can you imagine where we would be with God? It requires you and I to press our way through uh, and you've got to steadily push. You don't just pray one time a week and think you're going to have victory over the enemy. You've got to press your way through uh, and you've got to keep on pressing uh, until you become so persistent uh, that nothing, no obstacle, no crowd, nobody is going to hinder me from touching Jesus. And I believe you've got to remember now, you've got a woman that's had an issue of blood for 12 years. She's weak. She's frail. She's become anemic. But something inside of her, when she saw Jesus, she got an intestinal fortitude. And something said, there's my answer. If I can just weave my way through that crowd and touch Jesus so I'll be completely made whole but the only way she got whole she had to do something the only way you're going to get what you need here today is you've got to do something and this may require you doing something that's out of your element but here's what happens your blessing comes by pressing your way through. Now, I've heard people say, uh, well, I prayed. But then I heard people say, I really prayed. The difference is uh, you can pray a little word prayer and Lord, do this. Lord, I'm having a family issue. Or you can say, now, Lord, uh, you told me if I'd cry out to you that you would minister. 
And then you really pray. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever prayed a casual prayer and then you prayed a prayer of desperation? That's the difference. But there's more to this. So your blessing is in the pressing, as my text is, my title. See, we are not able to resolve our difficulties in life by ourselves. God is not looking for independent Christians. He's looking for people that will lean on Him and trust in Him. And so when we begin to look, seeing we're not able to dissolve our difficulties, but I've come to tell you I know a man who can. Somebody shout his name. I know a man who can. Somebody shout his name. Jesus, my Jesus can do anything, anything, anything. They're pressing in on Jesus. Now listen to this. That crowd that was pressing in on Jesus was not healing the woman. You got my story? That crowd touching Jesus was not doing the woman any good. But you know when the good came to her, the Bible teaches us uh, when she began to press her way. But the first thing she had to do, she had to come out of her house uh, (laughs) to where Jesus was. What does that mean to you? That means that you have to come from where you're at we have altars. We can call these our altars. All pieces of furniture in the house are for a reason. The Lord gave me this this morning. The chairs you're sitting in are to sit on. These areas up here is a place that we kneel. We bring our needs to the altar. And so many people are come to church with needs and problems and habits and addictions and they bring them into church and they take them back home. So sticks of furniture, this pulpit is a place that you give a speech or a message or a song. So the sacredness of every piece of furniture is important. But many people, uh, they bring their baggage in. uh, They're loaded down from the last week's pressures of life. uh, And they go to church and they sit on their seats uh, in their chairs or or their pews uh, with their baggage. The preacher preaches his heart out as I've shared with you today and said, now if you have a need, uh, bring it to the altar area. There's something sacred about going forward. And so when we begin to encourage people to come forward, uh, they just get stuck in their tracks. They'll just say, well, I'll just carry this load by myself. It's not God's plan for you to carry the load by yourself. And then when you exit those buildings, you exit those buildings with that old baggage on you. Here's another thing I've discovered. People bring their baggage and their needs to the altar, and a lot of times they'll take that same baggage back to the chair. You didn't accomplish what you came for. You've got to get sick and tired of of the enemy deceiving you and throwing temptations and trials and tribulations your way and you've got to bring it to Jesus. Press your way through. Press your way through. So again, the the pressing of the crowd was not healing Jesus but when she came out of the house, When she said, I'm tired of this condition, 
the answer's walking down the road and I'm going to where Jesus is. Amen. When she began to press her way through the crowd, as we illustrated, she touched his garment. I wish we could relive the woman with the issue of blood. Don't you imagine with all of her tenacity and her drive and something pushed her through that crowd uh, even though she was that weak? Uh, I just would like to see a picture of what that woman looked like when she touched Jesus. You know, I've never said this in this message, but you don't always have to go to a rehab center to get help. Your church can be your rehab center. When I was pastoring, I had a lady came to me and she said, I'm struggling with different things, drugs, some addictions, and would you take me to a rehab center? And I said, well, I believe the rehab center's here, sis. We can pray for you. I think we put more emphasis on what man can do for us more than what God can do for us. So she still insisted and I said, well, I'll be glad to take you. I don't know what it's going to do for you and if you can even get in. So we get there and they says, well, there's about a six or either six or eight week waiting period. I look to her and I say to her, so what are you going to do for the next six to eight weeks? Whatever Jesus can touch you now. But we've got to put as much faith in Jesus as we do in man. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood did. So I would hope today's message would her situation that she surrendered to the Lord, it will encourage you and I this morning. The Bible's no respect to a person. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. See, sometimes the devil's got us believing that our problem cannot be resolved, but there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. So what happened, she got desperate. As sure as I'm preaching this message today, there's some of you have some situations that you need God to, to deal with. You need God to help you with something. I don't know what it is. Could be some struggles in life. I don't know what it is. But I do have the solution and the woman with the issue of blood, she got desperate. Many in this building this morning, you have exhausted your efforts. You have just totally went through your list of what you can do to get rid of the element or the problem that you're dealing with. Jesus is our problem solver. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is the answer. You will never get what you need until you allow Jesus to do it for you. Again, we'll give this altar invitation and some of you that have the same problems that you're dealing with for weeks and months and longer, you're healing, you'll go right back out and carry that load or you can bring it to Jesus. I believe Jesus wants to touch somebody today. I really believe that Jesus, your touch will come when you draw near to God and get in his presence. Your touch will come. The Lord reminded me of one more little story in the Bible I've added to this sermon that was found in Genesis 32. <clears throat> we know the story where Jacob wrestled the angel. 
We call it the angel of the Lord. Jacob is wrestling the angel. He is being persistent. Verse 26. The angel before this told Jacob, turn me loose. Let me go. Listen. Verse 26. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Your blessing this morning is in the pressing. Is there anybody here today that's tired of what the enemy keeps doing to you? <clears throat> Are you tired of your condition this morning? Are you tired of your struggles? I've come to try to give some life to somebody, to encourage somebody. Would you stand with me today? Would you be willing this morning to step out from where you're at and let Pastor and myself and any others that wants to help pray for people just to pray with you? See, there are strength in numbers. There are strength in numbers. Where two or three are gathered together. You're not fighting this battle by yourself. Everywhere I go, I'm dealing with people that are struggling with something. And they're desperate for God to touch them. Father in heaven, I've obeyed you again today. God, in this congregation of people, whether it be one or twenty-one, makes no difference to me. I just know, Lord, that you gave me this specific message for this specific congregation. And God, there are people that are getting the runaround from doctors and reports. And one says this and one says that. <clears throat> but this morning, Jesus, you're passing by to minister strength and healing to people in the house. They've got to step out of the house. You've got to step out from where they're at today. And they've got to come out to where Jesus is. God helping to bring their needs to the altar today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Sister Davis is going to sing a song. Be honest with yourself. If you're standing before me struggling with something, just step out. Don't cost you anything just to step out. But God wants to bless you and he wants to help you. So as she sings, I'm going to ask you all across this building, if you're dealing with something that's bigger than you, would you just step out today?